Uninformed immigrants are at a huge disadvantage in court, in financial and legal matters, and also sometimes in life. Well, what can we do about it? I'll tell you what. We can train, teach, inspire, and empower immigrants to maximize their lives regardless of their immigration status. And that's exactly what we're going to do here. I am your immigration lawyer and host, Otis Landerholm, and this is the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. On this episode, we're going to see an episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live, which is a webcast that I do every Thursday on Facebook and on YouTube for the immigrant community. If you have any immigrant questions or immigration questions, feel free to join us on Thursday for the next one. And for now, enjoy the episode. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Uh, Today, it is the 27th of January of 2022. Can you believe it? It is the last week of January of 2022. One month is already almost done of this new year. Crazy, right? Absolutely crazy. And welcome, and thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for being here with me, everybody, on the Empowered Immigrant Live. Our topic for today is how to help my parents. How can you help your parents get a green card in 2022? And let me tell you, we've had so many questions submitted uh, in response to this question. And, you know, people, people want to help their parents. It's encouraging to see. People love their parents. All right? I love that. I love my parents. I hope you do as well. And so, so thank you all so much for being here. And thank you for asking your questions. Remember that on the Empowered Immigrant Live, we are here to train, to teach, to inspire and to empower immigrants to make the most out of immigration laws and to make the most out of their lives, all right? And today our theme is how can I help my parents get a green card in 2022? Thank you to everyone who asked their questions. We've got 30 minutes to discuss this topic in English. Then we'll do this episode in Spanish. Si usted habla español, que venga otra vez a las dos y media y vamos a comenzarlo en español, all right? So in English, I want to start, I always start with the basics, all right? I'm just going to be short and sweet today with the basics to give more time for your questions, okay? So how can we help our parents? First of all, if you are a U.S. citizen, you can petition for your parents' green card once you turn 21. How old do you have to be to petition for your parents? 21 years old, okay? Uh, You can do that. You can do that. The petition is always the first step. Sometimes you can do it together with the second step, but the petition is always a requirement. That petition just says two things. One, it says that you are a U.S. citizen and you are over 21 years old. And two, it says, it just says, that the beneficiary, the person you're wanting to petition for, is your parent. Quote, unquote, parent. Okay? And so one question that comes up is, who counts as my parent? And now this might seem obvious, biological parents, definitely, 
all right? But step-parents count too, did you know that? Depending on how old you were, what was your age at the time that your parents got married? Because as long as you were under 18, when your parents got married, then you can also petition for your step-parent, okay? Adoptive parents even can sometimes count, but they're, it's more tricky, all right? There's lots of rules related to the adoption process in order for an adoption to qualify for immigration purposes. But here's the basic thing, all right? Yes, you can petition for your parents, and sometimes even parents who are not your quote-unquote biological parents, you can petition them, okay? So that's kind of like the first basic. That's like the first threshold to understand. If you're a U.S. citizen and you're 21, yes, you can petition for your quote-unquote lawful parents as defined by immigration law. Okay, the second question and the big question, and often it's the question that we need to do a consultation about, all right? The big question is, can your parents use, make use of that petition that you file for them, okay? Are they admissible, for example? Have they ever violated immigration laws in the past, all right? If they are in the U.S., how did they enter the U.S.? Did they enter lawfully with a valid visa or some kind of document, all right? Some of your parents will, you know, they're not inadmissible. They entered with a valid document. They're eligible to adjust status. Others of your parents will, maybe they've never entered the U.S. before. They're going to require what we call the consular process, all right? Hey, there on Instagram. I see some people waving at me. Hello. All right, hello, thank you for being here. Aneta and Mario and Ruby, thank you for being here, all right? So um, some of your parents are eligible to adjust status in the U.S. Some of your parents will require a consular process. Some of your parents will require waivers, all right? Now here's the deal. Waivers often are not possible through children. Often a waiver will require your parent to have a spouse or a, or a parent, which would be your grandparent, here in the U.S. And so you got to think that through. you got to look at it. If your mother or father requires a waiver, you're going to want to talk it through with a lawyer first. All right? Some of your parents will not be eligible. All right? Hey, I see Gloria and Danny there on Instagram. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Shout out to those on Instagram. Hello, everyone on YouTube. Hello, everyone on Facebook. All right. Thank you all so much for being here with me. All right. So we're talking about parents. You know, there's a couple of other details that I want to mention. If your parent, if your mother or father has a petition that was filed for them by somebody else years ago, before April 30th of 2001, there might be another special benefit. There might be another way to apply for that parent's green card. Also, if you are a child and if you are in the United States Armed Forces, there's special benefits available where you could help your parents out in that situation as well. So bottom line is, if you're a U.S. citizen and if you're over 21, yes, you can petition your parents, all right, to enter the U.S. and get a green card. The biggest question in this and where, where I recommend having a full consultation about it 
is, is whether or not your parents can use that petition. Are they admissible? Have they violated immigration laws in the past? If so, which ones? You know, if they're in the U.S., did they enter lawfully with a visa or didn't they? Will they need a waiver? You know, and do they qualify under one of these special rules? Um, just to see, are they eligible? All right? Because if you're a U.S. citizen, you can petition them. The question is, can they make use of that petition? Hope this was helpful. That's all I want to say about the topic. Now I want to jump right in because we've got so many questions here today. I want to jump right in with them. And here's the deal. If you haven't submitted a question yet, all right, and if you still want to, hey, send it over. That's great. Send me your question, all right? I'm going to go through as many as I can here in the next 10 to 15 minutes, and then we'll wrap up for today. But we have gotten so many questions that, like, I, um, I will be shooting videos to, like, answer them all, okay? The first question comes from Miss Curti, all right? Miss Curti, thank you so much for being with me, and thank you for asking this question. Miss Curti, you ask, what questions will I be asked if I file for asylum, all right? So thank you, Ms. Curti. My answer to that is asylum is complex, all right? Asylum is complex, and they will interview you, and immigration will interview you, and they're going to ask you the details about your whole life history. They're going to ask you why you fled from your country. They're going to ask you what would happen if you returned to your country, who would harm you if you returned, right? Why would they harm you? Remember, asylum means protection, all right? Legal protection, asking a country to not deport a person, right? Because their life would be in danger if they go back to their country. But it's not enough just to say, hey, my life would be in danger. You've got to be able to explain why. And it's got to be able to fit in one of the narrow categories that the law, that asylum law recognizes to be eligible for asylum. What are those categories? It's got to be because of your race, your religion, your nationality, your political opinion, or your quote-unquote membership in a particular social group. So, Ms. Curti, they are going to drill you on that. Why would they harm you? Is it because of your race? Is it because of your religion? Why is it? All right? And how do you know that they would harm you? They're going to ask that. They're going to ask you lots and lots of questions. I highly recommend anybody filing for asylum, listen to me. I highly recommend having a lawyer help you. You want a lawyer that can do a mock interview with you. You want a lawyer who can really explain and go over the, the questions that asylum officers ask all the time. Okay? Because you want to be as prepared as possible for your asylum interview. Ms. Curti, thank you so much for being here. I hope that answered your question. Best of luck to you, all right? Our next question comes from Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you for your question, all right? So Vanessa, your question is, I have my tourist visa and I was in the US for eight months, all right? So I overstayed two months because I was on quarantine because I was near to someone with COVID and my permit was only for six months and so now they've canceled my visa. My question is, what can I do to get my visa back? Or how can I know for how long it was canceled? Or can I ask for forgiveness and get my visa back? Vanessa, thank you for asking this question. 
You are not alone with this, all right? You are not alone with this. For anybody who is in that situation or is about to be in that situation, you got to know this, okay? The proper process, the proper process to not get your visa canceled was to request a visa extension before your six months expired, all right? I-539 is a visa extension request, all right? And if you're, if you're stuck in the U.S. because of COVID or for some other emergency or some other reason, health issue or whatever, file the extension request with the government so you can say, hey, look, it wasn't my fault. I'm not trying to overstay. I, I want to comply with the rules. I just need this, a, a short extension of my visa so I can stay in here and keep my visa. All right? So that's the proper procedure. So now, Vanessa, I get it now, you know. So now what? Well, here's the thing. You can reapply for a new visa, and that's what you'll need to do. All right? The good thing is that you only overstayed two months. Anybody that's in that situation, if you've overstayed more than six months, then you're going to trigger a, a bar against you. If you overstay more than six months, then now you will have a, a, a three-year bar at least against you. And so, but in your situation, Vanessa, you've only overstayed two months, so you can reapply. When you reapply, you got to be honest with them about what happened. You've got to ask them, hey, look, I'm sorry, I didn't file the extension request. It's possible that they will deny you again. They'll be like, hey, why were you in the U.S. for six months, right? I thought you were just a tourist. I thought you were just going to Disneyland or whatever, right? They might ask you those questions, but you do have the right to apply for the visa again, the tourist visa again, and I encourage that you do that. All right, awesome. The next question comes from Annie, all right? So Annie, uh, uh, Annie asks people who came through customs, how can we get a green card? Please, thanks, and I appreciate your support. All right, Annie, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Um, thank you so much for being here. And so um, the question that I have for you, Annie, is, do you have a child who's 21 and who's a U.S. citizen? Okay. Uh, do you have a spouse who's a green card holder or a U.S. citizen? Do you have a case for asylum? Are you eligible for a U visa? Right. There are also a few other options available to really get to the bottom of it. You know, just because you came through customs, that doesn't mean that there's a way to apply for anything. Right. Especially if you came on one visa and have that sense overstated. And so we've got to really look at your situation to see, hey, is there some other option for you? All right. And so there are other options available. But to really get into it, Annie, I recommend starting with a consultation. We can go through your situation, see what options may or may not be available. OK. All right. My next question here comes from Seila. OK. Seila. Thank you for your question. Very cool name, by the way. I hope I pronounce it right. Uh, Seila or Seila. Okay, so the question is, my daughter is a U.S. citizen. What does she need to get her brother and sister a green card? They were born in Mexico, plus she's in the Army. What's the procedure to get them their green card? Wow, thank you for this. That's a great question. That's a great question. First of all, I didn't mention this in this video, but the, it's true. U.S. citizens can also petition for brothers and sisters, all right? Those petitions take forever, all right? So you got to be aware they take forever and ever, right? But they can do it, 
Okay, and secondly, kids who are in the army, as I mentioned earlier, have additional options to fix cases for their parents. So if your daughter is in the army, sometimes the best strategy is to first win your case and to then have you help the other siblings. All right, hope that was helpful. It can be faster to do it that way, especially if a brother and sister, especially if a brother and sister are minors, all right? It's like so much faster to fix your case first and then you can petition the kids as your minor, uh, you know, kids as soon as you get your green card and then it's a faster way to get um, brothers and sisters into the U.S. So anyway, I hope that was helpful. Um, we're doing great. We're doing great. The next question comes from Yaneth, okay? Yaneth says, I have a son who was born in Chicago. He is 13 years old. What can I do to be able to move and live there? And another son who was born in Mexico, but the father is an American, all right? The father's a U.S. citizen too. All right, great question, Yaneth. Thank you for asking it. Here's the issue, all right? Children, so your son who's in Chicago, or he was born in Chicago, I see that, your son has to be 21 in order to petition for you. So if he's 13 right now, he cannot petition you yet, all right? But he could certainly petition his brother or sister, siblings. You can file petitions for siblings at any time, okay? So uh, you could do that. Also, if the, if the father is an American citizen then it's possible that the kids were born citizens, all right? One, I know you say was born in Chicago, right? But the other one, it's possible that you want to look into that. Sometimes people, children, are born overseas, but to U.S. citizen parents, by law, they are U.S. citizens in certain instances, all right? There are specific laws about that, so you could, like, figure that out. And also, the question I have is, I don't know what the situation is with the father and with you, but maybe the father could petition you. Like, are you guys married? Uh, are you thinking of getting married? Are you madly in love, but just, like, haven't ever married before? I mean, if so, that would be the simplest way to get you lawful status in the U.S., all right? So that's that. Awesome. We're doing great. I'm seeing a question now from Robin. So, Robin, thank you for asking your question. If there are more questions, hey, send them over. Send them over. That's great. So, Robin, you say, hello. Will I be able to adjust through a green card, all right, if I was on an F-1 student visa and I was out of status for five years, but now I'm on TPS since 2015, I also have a U visa pending, and we have a U.S. citizen-born daughter, too. All right, adjusting through a green card from my wife. All right, so that's that's a great uh, question, Robin. Thank you for asking that. You also say, how long uh, should we expect for the receipt notice for an I-140 filed a couple days ago for nurses from America? She's currently in a uh, green card application for a nurse from Nepal. Wow, okay, a lot going on there. I'm not going to answer the I-140 question. That is not... Uh, something that my firm uh, deals with, but thank you for asking it. What I will focus on is the adjustment of status through your wife, if your wife has a green card, okay? If a person overstayed their visa, if a person went out of status, all right, 
uh, like there was some time that you were out of status. The best thing to do is to have your wife first become a U.S. citizen. So if she's got a green card, she'll be eligible to apply for U.S. citizenship, all right? And so then when she's eligible, you know, five years of a green card, you can apply for citizenship. When she's eligible to become a citizen, then she should petition for you, and then you won't have any problem with the adjustment of status process, all right? Otherwise, if she wants to petition for you now, she could, but it would be a consular process. And I would just say, don't deal with the consular process. You've got other things. You've got TPS. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily deal with that um, just because, uh, you know, just because you'd have to go through the waiver. It'll take just as long. You might as well wait for the wife. I'm glad that you've got your TPS. You've got your work authorization. If you needed to travel, you could get advanced parole. I would say don't worry about a green card yet until your wife can become a U.S. citizen. That's my advice about it, okay? So uh, I see uh, from Gerardo, hello there. Welcome and thanks for joining us. A couple more on Instagram. I see Remy and, and Saskia Jules. All right, hello, welcome. So everybody, it is 227. That's basically a wrap for today. Thank you all so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And, um, and here's the thing. I've got a lot of questions here today. If I haven't answered your question, I still will. All right. I'll be uploading them to our YouTube channel. And so if this was helpful or if you've got another question, please sub submit it to us. If this was helpful, please subscribe to our channel here in YouTube. Please click the notifications bell. We'll get you additional legal updates. We'll get you additional news. And if you have an immigration case, please feel free to give us a call. We are here to help, all right? So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I love that everybody's interested in helping their parents. Parents are amazing. Where would we be without them? We wouldn't exist without them, right? And so let's help them out, people. Let's help them out. All right, so thank you all so much for being here with me. Again, I'm Otis Landerholm founding attorney here at Landerholm Immigration APC, where we fight for your American dream, and we will see you on the next episode of the Empowered Immigrant Live. Thank you for listening to the Empowered Immigrant Podcast. If you like what you heard, and if you want to learn more, please go to landerholmimmigration.com forward slash podcast.